In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Word of God for our meditation this morning is our second reading, James chapter 5. We'll hear again these words. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. This is the Word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, a wise old pastor was sitting in his study one afternoon reading when he heard a rather urgent-sounding knock at his door. When he opened the door, he was greeted by a young man, a member of his congregation. And the young man said, Pastor, I'm terribly sorry to bother you. I know how busy you are, but if you've got a minute to talk, I really need your help. And the pastor said, Of course, please, come on in. Once the young man had taken his seat, he said to the pastor, Pastor, I just am struggling. I'm so impatient with everything and everybody. Would you pray for me? Would you pray to the Lord that he would make me more patient? The pastor smiled and said, well, yeah, sure I will. In fact, let's bow our heads and fold our hands right now. The pastor sighed deeply and he prayed, Gracious Heavenly Father, bring difficulty into this young man's life. Give him trouble in the morning, trial in the afternoon, tribulation in the evening. At this point, the young man interrupted rather impatiently, and he said, Wait a minute, hold on, what are you doing? I told you to pray for patience, not for trouble and for trial. And the pastor smiled again, and he said, Ah, but realize it is through trouble and trial that we learn to be patient. That wise old pastor was on to something. Patience takes practice. And it's the very same with another P word, perseverance. This morning, through the inspired pen of St. James, our God encourages us to practice both. He says, practice patience and perseverance. He gives us the opportunity every day to learn patience as we wait for our Lord to come again. And he teaches us perseverance as we struggle with the trials and troubles of life in this world. The first verse of our text gives us James's audience. To the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. James wrote first to Jewish Christians who had been scattered far and wide by persecution. That persecution really heated up after uh, St. Stephen's stoning. And what made it all worse, what made it really hard for these Jewish Christians, is that they were being persecuted by their own countrymen, their fellow Jews, and sometimes even the members of their own families. You can imagine why this was so very discouraging to them. And you can also probably understand why many of them were tempted to turn their back on the Christian faith and go back to the old ways. They needed encouragement. They needed to be encouraged to patiently endure until the Lord would come again. In our text, James describes the kind of patience that they were going to need. He tells them that it's like the patience that a farmer has. Now, in Israel, the fall rains came in October and November, just after the grain was planted. And then there were a number of months before the spring rains would come again, would come uh, in March and April and soften up the ground once again. And between times was really a dry period of time that the ground could be cracked and hard and very dry. So the farmers just had to wait for those rains. There was nothing they could do to bring them, just like today, of course. They simply had to wait patiently for those rains to come and produce the harvest. 
Now, unlike farmers patiently waiting for the rain that is out of their control, I'd have to say, my friends, that we don't always wait patiently for our Lord to come again. Would you agree with that? We like to have things our way. We want to be in control of our lives. We certainly don't want to deal with things like problems and pain. We want to have our little piece of heaven right now. And so when things are tough, we groan and grumble and complain. And we often look enviously at the other guy, whether we're looking across the fence in our backyard or or looking at what he's doing on social media. We wonder, why aren't things going as well for me? And at times, my friends, when things aren't going the way we think they're supposed to go, we can impatiently lash out at others, whether they're strangers or even the people that we love. Just, we are by nature discontent and impatient. And Jesus, who is the righteous judge, has every reason to come again and to condemn us and sentence us to an eternity of suffering in hell. But my friends, the Lord Jesus is not just the righteous judge. He bears another name, and that name is Gracious Savior. His patience with us sinful human beings just knows no bounds, right? I think I would put up with the world, I would put up with me, for about 10 seconds. But again, Jesus' patience knows no bounds. Not only does he put up with us, his goal, his greatest desire, is to have our company for all of eternity. So in mercy and compassion for us, he came into our world in our flesh to carry out his Father's mission. And that mission was not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And save the world is exactly what he did through his holy and perfect life that he lived in place of every disobedient and rebellious sinner, including you and me. And through his sacrificial death on the cross, which satisfied his Father's wrath over our sins, that holy blood he shed washes away every last sin. Through his victorious resurrection on the third day, the sign and seal, my friends, that his saving work worked and that heaven now stands open to you and to me and to all who believe in Jesus. In mercy and compassion, Jesus came once for all to save us. And in mercy and compassion, our Lord Jesus is coming again. He's coming again not to condemn us to an eternity of hell, but to invite us to the home, the eternal home that he has prepared for all of us. And my friends, he is coming again soon. How soon is soon? Well, this is what James says. He says, the judge is standing at the door. I remember as a kid waiting for our Christmas Eve company to arrive on that evening. And I, always didn't, I didn't always wait all that patiently because usually when company arrived, that meant that we could gather around the tree and we could open our presents. So I watched for their coming very, very carefully. And I got excited when I saw those headlight beams turn into the driveway and I heard their car doors open and then slam shut. And I heard them walk up the steps and I heard the doorbell ring. I knew that any second they were going to come through that door and we would be able to open our presents. Well, in a sense, my friends, Jesus is on the porch. 
He's standing at the door, James tells us. And at the appointed time, whenever that time may be, he's going to open that door. And he's going to come in with an armload of presence for us. He's going to come to give us the eternity that he won for all people by his death on the cross. My friends, when that day comes, it's going to be a great day of joy and celebration. You're going to be standing there with a big smile on your face and precious gifts in your arms, gifts that will never perish, spoil, or fade, and an eternity of life stretching out before you. Until that day comes, practice patience. You know, I'm certain that I did not always wait patiently for our Christmas Eve company to arrive. It was hard to do so. And living in this broken and sin-stained world is tough. It isn't always easy. But you know what? With the Lord's own patience as both our motivation and model, we can practice the kind of patience that James talks about in our text. I know that as I waited for the company to arrive, my parents must have said several times, all right, settle down. They're going to be here soon. As we wait for our Lord to come again and bring us our presence, he settles us down down too, doesn't he? He gives us his own promise, I am coming soon. Or as James says, he's standing at the door. My friends, when things in life just aren't going quite the way you'd like them to go, which is often, right? Be patient. Jesus is standing at the door. When the day-to-day drudgery of life in this world, the boredom of it all, you know, getting up and going to work and paying the bills and doing it all over and over again in an endless cycle, when that's just getting you down and bumming you out, be patient. Jesus is standing at the door. When you are tempted to grumble and complain and moan and groan because of your circumstances, be patient. Jesus is standing at the door. Soon he's going to throw that door open. And when he does, everything is going to be different. The Christians to whom James first wrote uh, the text that is before us today weren't just struggling with kind of the day-to-day struggles of life. They were going through something much tougher. They were being severely persecuted for their faith. It's something that endangered life and limb for them in many cases. It was really tough. They were suffering. So James writes and he reminds them, hey, you're not the first ones to go through this. You're not alone. He says, brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. The history of God's chosen people and how they treated the prophets that he sent to proclaim his word to them is just sad and shameful. For example, Jeremiah was imprisoned because of his message. Ezekiel was ridiculed and scorned. He lived in exile. John the Baptist was beheaded in prison. And the list could go on and on and on. God's prophets suffered, but they also endured patiently. They persevered through it all. James gives another example of this. He says, You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. I think the story of Job is a familiar one to most of us. Job had it all, didn't he? Health, wealth, family, friends. Suddenly, it was all taken away. In an instant, his money was gone, his health was failing, his kids were dead. Even his so-called friends told him that he should just curse God and die. 
You know, we often hear about the patience of Job. That's a phrase in our language, the patience of Job. But actually, James doesn't mention Job's patience. In fact, Job in his book isn't exactly the model of patience. He often grumbles and complains. No, James talks about Job's perseverance. You see, Job may have grumbled and complained, but he never lost his trust in the Lord and in his promises. He never lost his faith that at the end of all things, he was going to see his living Redeemer with his own eyes. And so with that vision in his mind, with that faith in his heart, he persevered through the suffering. What is it that got all of these men, the prophets and Job, through all of those difficult times? I think James gives a beautiful answer. He says, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. It is purely by the grace and mercy of God that they were sustained through that time of suffering, that they were able to persevere through those tough times. You know, as we walk the path of our lives through this world, it's not always easy, is it? In fact, sometimes it's downright hard. And Jesus promised us that, he, that it would be. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You and I face trials every single day. And yes, we too are persecuted for our faith. Now, here in America at the present time, we are not facing threat to life and limb because of our faith. And yet, we are still persecuted. I mean, think about it. Most in our world today consider the Christian faith to be an outdated thing. It's just an old myth and really kind of a joke. And our schools teach evolution as fact because, well, that old creation story is just ridiculous nonsense. Abortion is promoted as women's health care. And anyone who would dare stand up for the lives of unborn babies is considered anti-woman. And of course, right now we're experiencing again the, the war on any reference to Christ or Christianity in the public sphere. Once again, we are hearing lots of happy holidays and very few Merry Christmases. And my friends, perhaps worst of all, when we proclaim the powerful gospel, when we say the most beautiful message in the world, that Jesus Christ is the world's Savior, and indeed He's the only Savior, the only way to eternal life, most of the world is offended by this. Every day we are under pressure and stress. Every day our faith is under attack. Uh, the temptations of the devil and the world and even our own traitorous flesh are just relentless. How can we ever hope to persevere? How can we ever hope to be faithful even to the point of death? Again, it's the simple words of James that give us our strength and our hope. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. He's not going to turn his back on us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. He won't leave us alone. He promises to be with us. He's with us during these hard times. He's with us when we are tempted. In fact, through Paul, he says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He even promises to use those difficult times for our good, for our growth, so that we can persevere even more. We confess with the Apostle Paul, we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. 
have to say it again, my friends, I think that wise old pastor was on to something. Maybe we should be praying for the Lord to send us difficulty and trial and trouble and tribulation. After all, through these things, the Lord draws us closer to himself and helps us to focus on our eternal goal. No, I say let let this be our prayer. Lord Jesus, until you come again, in whatever way you deem is best, help me to patiently persevere in the faith. God grant that to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen.